Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Inside the Walls Podcast. I am your host, Jim Mernier. Alongside me, the partner of crime is Matt Patton and his head coach of Omaha <laughs> Beef, Coach Tatum. Coach, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Well, that's my, that's as, my coach. That's my coach. Yeah, say, that's my quarterback. I should have got that gift and played it on here. That's my coach. Um, yeah. First off, uh, Everyone, uh, if you're watching it here in Omaha, you know where what the, where to go, omahabeef.com. Get your tickets. Season's fast approaching. This is the June – this is 14th of February. Therefore, we got three weeks until the actual season begins. So get your tickets now. Um, pack the slaughterhouse. So no further ado, Matt, I know this is like an extenuation of the Prime Cuts of Omaha Beef podcast here on Inside the Walls Network. Um, but coach, I just want to ask one question right off the bat. Um, how's the offseason been treating you compared to what other years have been for the indoor game on your side of things? Uh, this offseason has been it's been an interesting one. It's been very interesting uh, with uh, transitioning and different things like that. And um, I mean, convincing players that we're a hot destination. Um, convincing players that everything is okay. Um, just the reassurance, the reassurance in this offseason has been really big. It has been one of those things where uh, usually you don't have to tell someone that Omaha is an attractive area, you know, because they already know about the history and things like that. But, I mean, 25th anniversary, what else can you ask for, you know? It's the longest reigning organization or longest continuous franchise in the indoor game. You and Sioux City are in those two teams. And that's an interesting subject. We'll get to that later in the show about the rivalry between the two. We'll get the Sioux City side of things next week of the I-29 rivalry. But, Coach, uh, this is your first head job. You were with the team last year, and you have a lengthy experience in the indoor slash arena game. Now, we're saying the league arena game, we got the Nets this year in the NAL, so you bring in that, in, that arena style, but with the indoor feel. As a head coach now, compared to OC last year, what is the demographic of you and your coaching style or how you're approaching this season compared to last season under Kaiser? Uh, we'll approach it the same way. We'll approach it the same way. Uh, Kaiser left his footprint in the Omaha beef, you know, where he was last year. Um, installed a lot of good things in the program. Me as a coach, you know what I mean? Giving me an opportunity, paving the way, showing me the way, um, showing me how things should be done right and the right way to do things, how to prepare, you know, things, different things to go through as a coach, different things, obstacles that I would have to overcome and things like that. So I feel like he left, he left, he left the program in good hands. You know, and uh, pretty much going into the season, I mean, I mean, we're going to have the same goals. We're going to have the same goals, same beliefs. You know, I mean, every year that I've been a part of any game has been championship or bust. Like, there's nothing else expected. I mean, I've never played for net less than championships. Matt? 
Yeah, you talk about you talk about that. Uh, you know, winning the championships last year. We all know Omaha uh, twelve and 0, 13-0, If you include that, um, you know that preseason game that we played. But you took over as the head coach. This is your first time being a head coach. But how does your playing experience reflect in your coaching style, or how does it? How does your your playing experience help you, or whatever, in your coaching style? Um, I feel like I feel like character, character, character is a big thing to. Uh, who you are doesn't fade away. What you believe in is what you install in some of these guys. And that's what makes them believe in you. The different things that um, the different ways that you go about things, the way you preach things, the way you do things, you know, your operations. Um, I feel like, man, I'm a, I'm a leader. I'm a natural born leader and players like to follow leaders. Players like to follow people that they trust. And I feel like I'm going to give them and me and my coaching staff, we're going to give them something to follow behind. As a player, you have a history over in the IFL with Sioux Falls. You have all the, most of the records, maybe all the records. And now you bring your, like what Matt said, your coaching style. You just don't get those records for being a nobody. So, you know, talent, you see (laughs) talent. It's hard to recruit. I know, I have a buddy that it's part of a university, Florida State University, as a GA, and his assignment is to look at film of freshman high school players. Mm-hmm. Like they're nowhere near ready for that college level, but he's evaluating potential picks, or not picks, potential recruits. How hard is it to, for you to, envio, to evaluate players from a pool that is outrageously big? Uh, you slim it down. This and and you can, you can pinpoint players that you want. You can pinpoint players that's gonna give you the effort that you need. They don't have to be, you know, the best players. Diamond and the Rubs are the best players to find. Give them a shot, you know. I mean, off the chart. Perfect example. Uh, Journey, Journey last year. Like we come into meetings and, you know, everybody's like Journey, Journey, Journey. I'm like, I don't care. I don't care who Journey is, you know, but me and Journey got on the same page and he ended up being one of the top receivers in the league. Um, and not to talk about Tommy, but I mean, Tommy, Tommy had Tommy had a really good indoor career, but he had a great season in Omaha. But once again, that's one of those things It's about it's about believing it's about it's about believing and then finding those players that okay. that have the common goals. If you're not a team player, I don't want you. That's that's just it, man. We're going to build a family. We're going to build relationships that's going to last a lifetime because that's what this is about. How big is it for you to get the quarterback back? That's huge. That's huge. That's huge to have Tommy back. Um, But then um, it made it made the recruiting a little bit more easier also. uh, Being that he was back. I can't take all the credit. Coaches can't take all the credit. We signed a new coach. You know, still got the coaches came back from last year and a couple eyes came over from that. So um, it's just it's 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 just building and building a program. Everybody wants to be a part of at this point. That's what you usually get with the quarterbacks. It's when people see who the quarterback is, it's very easy to recruit receivers and running backs in any sport. They're like, oh, yeah, I want to go play with Trevor Lawrence. I want to go play with Patrick Mahomes. Problem mm-hmm. is, is those rosters just have very few spots available and it's the selective fusel. That's the hard part for you. You know who your one and two are. Are you trying to look for that three, four, maybe fifth guy in the receiving core to fill those roles? 
Now, I know the arena game and the indoor game is different from team to team. And you've been on a couple of them in your career. And you've won championships in other leagues. How hard is it to build a foundation, in your opinion? Or is it pretty easy to build a foundation to create a sustainable uh, program to win championships? Because the team that you had last year, uh, last time I checked, is still scoring touchdowns and still blowing everyone out the building. Um, how is that going to continue to the 2024 iteration of the Omaha beef. Uh, we're going to run it back. That's what we call it. We're going to run it back. So what that means is same expectations, orientation. We set, we set the foundation. We set the foundation that this is what we're looking for. And if you want to be a part of this, you can stay. And then we open the door. And if you feel like you want to be an individual, then, you know, we give you that option. Then we'll release you and then let you go somewhere and play somewhere else and then have a chance to try to compete against us. And I think from a fan perspective, that's one of the things, you know, that I've seen too, uh, just like, you know, the coach talks about being a family last year when we had Kaiser, he always talked about being a family and, and Ricky, our owner always talks about being a family. And it's not like, they're just saying it like every single guy to a T says it. And I've seen it personally. Like if they don't agree with that and coach talk to this, I mean, like if they don't agree with that, then they don't continue playing for our team. Yes. But it's, but I don't want that to go as if, we are mean or we we don't we don't care about them you know because right. every player that i've talked to we got we got guys that signed so far i've talked to every single one of those players but i want to know i want to know who you are i don't i don't care about football like football's cool i want to know how your family is i want to know how your kids are if you have kids i want to know what your life is like everybody doesn't have like the magical life so by them not having a magical life they want somebody to care about them and that's what makes me a unique coach because, I mean, we're going to teach you X's and O's. But we're also going to teach you about real life, things that I've been through. And I'm a living testimony of a lot of things that when I talk to the players about, I mean, their eyes get really big because I haven't always had it good. But, I mean, we got it good now. We're going to make it from this point on. We're going to make it do what it do. So you're more of a character type of coach than just pure talent. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, I mean, talent only lasts for so long. Talent only lasts for so long before you have to, you have to have something else. You have to bring something else to the table. You can only run fast for so long. You can only fake somebody out for so long. But when you have to depend on the other seven guys around you, when you're only one of the eighth, that's what makes a great dynamic. And, and a lot of times it's the coach also. It's the coach also. If you watched any of the games last year, I did not hold back at all. Guys wanted to celebrate. Guys wanted to dance. Fans wanted to interact. Let's do it. That's what we're here for. That's what indoor football is for. So, I mean, we're just – we're full show. We're full show. I mean, oh, trust me. I watched a couple <laughs> of your games last year over this offseason just, you know, reading up. I'm like, well, this game is over. Why are they still scoring? It's just like, you're just like, don't care, don't care, don't care. You were just like, you put eight guys out there to stop me. If your guys are not stopping me, I'm scoring until there's double, there's zeros on that scoreboard. A lot of coaches may take offense to that. For me, that's, it's the game. That's did. how you play the game. They did. They did. They hated me for it. But I apologize to them publicly here. I did not know. I didn't know the rules. I didn't know coaching etiquette. I didn't know I was supposed to take a knee. I played for Curtis Riggs. He's not taking a knee. 
No, he's not taking a knee. You put your pants on, you put your pads on, you talked on the internet, and they did. And now you got to back that. You got to back that up. And if you can't back it up, I'm going to run the score up on you. That I mean, that's just that's just it. Stop me. Stop me. If you don't like something that somebody's saying, you shut them up. And they just didn't do it. Matt, you're yeah, here so, to ask him a question. So yeah, ahead. so you uh, you talked about Coach Riggs, and so you know, um, legendary coach, amazing man. From everything I've heard, I've never had the chance to meet him. But is there something that you learned from Coach Riggs during your time under his coaching that you have implemented or brought into your coaching style with the Omaha Beef? Be aggressive. Be aggressive. Be aggressive. Not friendly. I mean, we are we are not friends. Let's shake hands before the game, after the game. Let's go do whatever you want to do between those times. But uh, you know what I mean? When it's time for us to warm up, my team comes out the huddle, I don't want to talk to you. That's, that's just how it is, and it's nothing personal, but we have to have a mutual understanding that we have a job to do. Your job's on the line. My job's on the line. And I, and I appreciate you and like you as a coach, but – we, we both have a job to do. And a lot of times, and coaches don't understand, that plays a role in your players' in your players mindset when they see that you are too friendly. You know? So, um, I mean, that's that's one of the things that I took from him, man. If you want to win a championship, you got to gain the trust of guys, and you're not always the nice guy. Speaking of Coach Riggs, I know you've learned many things from the man. Where, where are the games that he excels in? Where are the type of style of games he is? it pounding, in, running the football, or is it spreading him out, throwing the ball deep every time? What's his style? <laughs> I like your style. That was cute. That was cute. Win the game at all costs, man. Win the game at all costs, man. Score as many points as you can. Yep. Um, element of surprise, man. Element of surprise. Be unpredictable be able to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. that's it be able to be uncomfortable that's it that's all i got for you i don't i don't know about running the ball passing the ball percentages win by all costs win the game win the game. yeah, yeah. okay because I, I mean, the reason why i said that's because my high school coach he had a term i think he stole it from somewhere guaranteed from some other coach uh our my in my high school we played we were a triple option. That was only offense. And he basically said in every practice, it's like Novocaine. Give it time. It works every time. Coach, mm-hmm. we're down by 30. We need to throw the ball. Nope. We got to still run uh, right week 58 belly. All right. That's a trap up the middle. It's going to get stopped for four yards. So yeah. I was never part of a team that aired out. I wish I, I wish I played football in this era where there's, you know, my job was only block for three seconds because I was an <laughs> offensive lineman or a D tackle, but in the triple yeah. option, boy, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> there's some games you're in there. You're like, oh. <laughs> what's up? I, Six minutes left in the third quarter. Come on, coach. Yeah. We're still I, rem- I remember playing against those teams and I'm like, how are we supposed to stop this? This is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, how you stop a triple like, A? Like playing Tecmo Bowl, you got to hit the right button sooner or later. Yeah. yeah. How you stop a triple option team is you blitz the A gap and and you hit the second read, not the first read, because the first read will be in the A gap. Told you. That's how you stop. That's how, that's how you stop a triple option. Blitz. That's why Georgia Tech never wins national titles because yeah. no one wins in the titles and with triple option. Um, but folks, that's a flashback into high school era. Jesus. Uh, but you play with Coach Riggs, Hall of Famer. 
very popular coach, recently retired in the in, with Sioux Falls. Yeah. Now you're a part of another historical franchise in the Omaha Beef, uh, connected to a rivalry called the I-29 rivalry. You had a couple of good games last year against Sioux City. One of them was pretty exciting. It was literally down to the wire. I think it was at Sioux City, if I'm correct, Matt. Yeah. Um, that, was. Was actually one, that was actually when I watched live, and I was like, holy crap, it was an awesome game. Um, explain the experience of the I-29 rivalry from you as a assistant coach and, prob- and as a head coach. Uh, sorry. I'm trying to switch and get get comfortable because uh, my phone was dying, my iPad was dying, so I had to re-get it. So um, the I-29 rivalry, I mean, I thought it, I thought it was pretty dope, man. I thought it was pretty dope. I actually got a chance to play against Sioux City with Sioux Falls in a preseason game, and it was intense, but it was a preseason game, so I, I didn't get it. That's when I met Marlon Loban. All right, Marlon Loban is the defensive coordinator for Sioux City. Yeah, we got into it because I, I cheap shot at him, all right, because he seen me coming, he tried to hit me. And the next couple plays, like, I, I did something dirty to him and he hunted for me the whole game. But um, I didn't, I just didn't know how intense it was. But to go to the Omaha Sioux City rivalry, um, that game, that game, I was sweating bullets. Like, it was. Have you ever seen a two-point conversion go for, like, six plays? It was a two-point conversion that went for six plays. It was six plays. Oh, this this happened. This penalty. This penalty. Uh, well, this wasn't right. Let's resnap it. Well, the ball fell on the ground. Let's resnap it again. But, no, it's serious, though. It's, 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 it's serious. It's serious. And I'm just, I'm just glad to be a part of it, man. I just really I – don't, I don't want to be on the losing end of it. That's for sure. That's all I can say. I don't want to be on the losing end of this I-29 bribery. Hopefully I stay on the stay on the winning end of it. That's for sure. But it's all love at the end of the day with the coaching staff and owners and different things like that. So it's mutual respect. It's definitely a lot better being on the winning side because my first couple of seasons as a beef fan, we were on the losing side and it wasn't fun. So um Coach, talking about that I-29 rivalry, do you do anything differently in preparation for that game? No, absolutely not. No, no, don't do that, Matt. Absolutely not. Uh, no, we don't do anything different. I mean, we, me and my coaching staff, because I can say my coaching staff now because I'm the head coach, me and my coaching staff, we'll approach the game the same way we're approaching the other, any other game. We'll prepare from – you know, some of us prepare Saturday night after our last game. Some of us start Sunday. Some of us start Monday. But we'll definitely prepare the whole week for Sioux City. You know, it'd be the same as any other team. You know, um, I don't think we'll overly re- prepare for it or anything like that. But it'd be a typical. It'd be a typical week for us. Same thing, just more intense. Maybe practice for some crowd noise. You know, or certain situations. We'll definitely do situationals. Just in case, like this year, we'll probably go over situationals from last year, you know, things that happen. I mean, to be up on the game, we were up 30 something to six, 20 something to six, and then them come all the way back. And then by the fourth quarter, it was a, you know, we're, we're backed up. Fourth quarter, we're backed up third and forever, second and for third and forever at the two yard line, three yard line. And we run for a 47 yard touchdown. So, 
I mean, it's we'll prepare like any other game, man. We'll, we'll heavily prepare. That's all I can say. So you talked about crowd noise. Let's talk a little bit about the cowbells. How much do you love the cowbells, Coach? I've learned, I've grown to love them since I'm the coach here. <laughs> um, cowboy, cowbells is really big, and our fans are crazy. And it, and it kind of helps out, you know, because we have a home field advantage. Like, you don't want to come to Omaha and play. I mean, I, I don't care who you are. You're not going to be comfortable playing in Omaha. I think our I think our winning margin last year, I think, was about 20 to 30 points at home. Or 20 to 30 points at home. And then on the road, I think the win margin was a lot smaller. But, I mean, that's just – I'm not a numbers guy, but – that was one of those things that Kaiser kept track of. He was ticky tack on numbers. So um that was that was our winning margin, man, which means coming into Omaha it's a hostile environment. Well speaking of opponents, you have familiar foes. Of course, we're talking about Sioux City and, and the other familiar foe is the Topeka Tropics. Are you interested in any other teams in the league, the, the new journeys that you may have going to Colorado, Idaho, even out far east in Carolina? Uh, where are you looking forward to the, as a coach to these new venues and these new franchises that are part of the NL this year? We're going to approach it week by week, man. I don't – I'm not overlooking anybody. I'm not overly excited to go anywhere. I mean, Carolina has a couple guys that – um, I see they signed Alex Coleman. He's from Columbus, Ohio, where I'm from. Um, they signed Donovan Raspberry. Me and Donovan Raspberry was in um, – we were in Sioux Falls together. Um, uh, I don't really – I don't – I mean, Colorado has Troy Evans. Um, a couple other teams signed some, signed some key guys, but the Tropics, I mean, we're just – I mean, we averaged beating them by 50 last year, so – I plan on keeping the same thing happen this year if we play them again. So that's just me personally. That's how I feel. Sounds like there's a little bitter rivalry right there. Well, because they're not that far from Omaha, technically, in the region. Why? I think this year, this year, this year, the playing field, I feel like it would be, it'll be very level. It's going to be very leveled all the way across the board. I do know there's an, one other fan base in the NAL that's been flexing their muscles because they are the only returning team in the NAL. They are the Carolina Cobras out uh, out in Greensboro. Do you think that can develop into something bigger in the years to come in the NAL between you and Carolina, like absolutely. how you and Sioux City are? Absolutely, absolutely. But that would be more of a rivalry of – History, history, and what have you done lately? That's I feel like that will make the Carolina a rivalry because I mean they're winning tradition. They're always in the championship. They always win, you know. Especially when like when McCollum and Billy Back and Jolly, you know, and Laughing House, all those guys like they had, they had all type of they had all type of all type of great players. Walter Thomas, you know. Um, they 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 will always be known for winning tradition. So it's just one of those things you just got to go in with that mindset, prepare your guys, you know, cuz you can't you can't prepare for a hostile environment. You can't mm -hmm. prepare to tell a guy that somebody's going to go down and you're going to have to step up. 
you know, you can't prepare to tell a guy that, you know, I know you didn't hold on that play, but it's a holding, you know, those are things that you can't prepare for, but I mean, you got to do the best that you can, you know, in order to get out of those places, got to play to the clock strike zeros. As a coach, those, as it was explained by another coach in this league, he basically said there's a difference between a rivalry on the field and social media rivalries. Social media rivalries are just both fan bases bigger than each other, but on the field, there's like a re- agreement between the two organizations. I could tell with Sioux City, between you and Sioux City, it's kind of both, where the organizations, the owners and behind the scenes, they're all buddy-buddy. They're all good friends. Fan bases are the same way. They all like each other. But when Monday hits a game week until Sunday – after the game, it's just like war between your two organizations. Like you don't even know each other. Like you were just sharing the table with them two days ago. And now you're bitter rivals. That's one thing I love about the indoor game is that we have hated rivals, but we're also good friends behind the scenes. Cause we know it's the love of the game. It's not like our college teams or our NFL teams. How's that relationship between you and Sioux city? It's kind of unique, especially in this sport two bitter rivals for 20 plus 25 years, but there's going to be two weeks in the season where you guys really hate each other. Probably three. If you meet in the playoffs, I hope that um, doesn't happen again. <laughs> you just want two weeks and that's it. You don't want to deal with them again in the postseason. Yeah. Let's, let's, let's go two and done, man. Let's go two and done. And, but there, like you said, man, there's, there's different rivalries and that's one. It's like a hate and love. And I'm from, I'm from Ohio. We have one of the biggest rivalries in the country. Correct. And it, and it puts you in the mind of that. Like, to actually be here for it, and it's like, we play Sioux City. Forget them. And I'm like, whoa. whoa what are we doing? What are we doing? Like, the forbidden red. I love red. You can't wear red, you know. It's got to be orange. And it's like. It's true. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, man. It's interesting, man. And but last year I did I was numb to it because I wasn't I wasn't in it, man. So I'm at my desk at the office and I'm like, bro, y'all are tripping. Y'all are tripping over this rivalry, man. And then boom, game happens after the game happens, pre-game happens. It it was a math, it was it was nasty. It 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 no longer was football. It wasn't football, but yeah, I mean, coaches, coaches, right? Like, so full, full transparency. Two years ago, we had uh, special jerseys made for Heroes Night, and they were mm-hmm. supposed to be printed in orange, and we got them in red and black. And I and I got one, and then I went, I can never wear this again. Like, I can never ever wear this jersey because it's red and black, and it's the colors of the Sioux City Bandits. So yeah, it's 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 definitely a thing. Um, you know, the fan bases are very much like what. Jim describes. So coach, you don't even realize this, but like some of us, like we'll talk, you know, off uh, on, you know, on social media and stuff like that. We'll have conversations like, Hey, we're going to meet up before the game and tailgate, but we're in those arenas, man. Like it's, it's no holds barred. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's bad when you have to have police at the 25 or you have to have, yeah, it was crazy. You got to have coaches stand there. I mean, you can't go to the locker room. You can't like, it's like, yeah, but that's good, though. That's good. But that's going to come with discipline. I don't think we'll have anything like that this year. Our guys will be ready. They'll be ready. 
they'll be ready. They'll be ready to compete at a high level. And, you know, we'll re- we're going to respect the game, respect the game and all. So. Really? it's like me and my alma mater my arch rival is the university of florida i'm florida state fan um all my buddies every single one of them besides one are all diehard gators we're buddies that all throughout the season until the games where the basketball team plays or the football team or whatever and we hate each other like screw you i'm like then after games are you want to go get some beers it's like, yep. bro, you just cussed me out like five minutes ago. Yeah. Um, that's the one me thing I love Logan's about sports. Right now. Oh <laughs> and you're just talking smack to me a second ago. Um, <laughs> but this won't be airing till tomorrow. So by the time this that's airs, it. the conversation will be <laughs> over and done with probably. Uh, one thing I, from afar, from Jacksonville, I, I've experienced a lot of arena football Uh rivalries in the past one of the greatest ones of all time is arizona and san jose Sabercats, mm-hmm. and you have the one down here uh jacksonville and orlando but one of the other ones the biggest ones the war on i4 between orlando and tampa those rivalries are ones that you have to cherish because you don't know when they cease to exist all three of those rivalries cease to exist um besides yours yours mm-hmm. is still holding strong now you have the Quad City and Sioux Falls and Iowa Barnstormers kind of little feud they have, but it's not really a rivalry like the I-29 is or how I've the, the, the war on I-4 was back in the day. It's those small those, the moments in the sport where you got to cherish because you don't know when it's going. Can they can go, especially in this industry, in this day and age, you don't know what's going to happen next season. Yes. Crap, Jacksonville was in the NAL last year. Now we're in the iPhone. We, two years from now, three years from now, we may be back in the NAL. It's just a uh, forever changing system as a coach and as a former player you've been through the trials and tribulations you've seen many teams fall the wayside as a player in a, in a lot of these leagues a couple of teams top of my head nebraska danger right off the bat the colorado crush back in the day so many teams as a player these rivalries mean so much because they're sustainable and they have the connection between the two cities Mm-hmm. And there's a countless of teams that never make it to that point. Like you may get a few for the last couple of seasons and something happens as a player, as a coach, and now part of the Omaha, that type of you've, you're, you're, you, this is your sport. This is your NFL. You, you have records. You're in my opinion, you're a hall of famer. Appreciate that. How does, how does the industry in your opinion right now as a coach, What's what's the status of the, the industry minus the rivalries and ev- everything? It's just your sport. Three, you got four to five. I don't know how many leagues. Five, six now. But right now in the NAL, we got eight teams. IFL has a sixteen. What's the status of the industry in your opinion as a former player and as a current coach? I think you made it. I think you made a great statement when you said this is my NFL. Mm-hmm. I had to come to the realization that NFL was not a thing for me. So. Then it was now let's try to go to the CFL, you know, and I had a couple opportunities to go to the CFL, but the IFL is where, you know, I made my name. The IFL is where, you know, I enjoyed my time traveling, building friendships, you know, getting to know people. Um, It's just, I feel like it'll be around for a while. It'll be around for a while, you know, and I feel like one day, one day, all these teams will actually realize what it takes to, 
become a juggernaut team and be a part of something big. I mean, like you said, I came from the IFL, you know, so the IFL, the IFL is the best, you know, the best league, the, you know, that's been around for a long time, man. So um, I just feel like I hope, I hope one day it all comes together. But if it does not come together, it just continues like it is now, just with stability, just, you know, where people are able to connect and build build relationships and then continue to play ball at a high level and um, just have a platform, man. That's, that's what I love. I love that even though these guys are not in the NFL, we still give them a platform to be on Facebook, be on Instagram, be on X, you know, be on Snapchat and different things like that, man, where you can tell your kids like, Hey, I played, you know, being able to be a part of history. So I don't think it's going anywhere and I hope it stays around for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny you talk about that because, you know, I think about it from the perspective of my nine-year-old son coach and you know how much he loves the team. You know how awesome he thinks the beef are. Um, I mean, he's got posters of guys in his, in his room, like hanging up on the wall. So it's very much like his NFL as well. But coach, one thing for me before we wrap up is we've talked about it at nauseum, but this is the 25th anniversary of the Omaha beef. So what does it mean to you to be the head coach of a team that is going into their 25th season? It, it lets me know that I made the right decision and the right program chose me. That's, that's as far as I'll take it, man. I appreciate the opportunity and I'm going to make the most of it. Like I spoken before, of the 25th anniversary, man, I know, I know what, what is expected of me. I know, you know, I know the expectations, you know, and, you know, it's a lot of things that, you know, I got to fill big shoes, man. And I'm okay with that. And I'm not going to let the city down. Cause I, I mean, I got them just like they got my back. Great challenges come with great reward, great mm-hmm. expectations become with, I almost ruined that Great. Yeah, whatever. I'm going to screw up the the thing that my coach said. He basically, great challenges end up having great rewards. I got to call, sorry, Coach Cox. He's going to text me when he sees it like, Jim, you just screwed him. You're making a bad image of me. Um, (laughs) That's my my O-line, D-line coach back in high school. Still good buddies with him. Um, Sorry, Coach. Apologize. But, again, Coach, I want to just say this. You're part one of the – well, I consider a blue blood in the industry, Omaha, Sioux City, Sioux Falls is another organization, Arizona and Jacksonville, I think are the remaining foundation teams left in the industry that have been around for 16 plus seasons. You you know, they're sustainable franchises and you being ahead of the Omaha beef is, I don't know, like being a coach at Ohio State, you're one of the brands, you're one of the big boys in the sport yeah. it's a lot of weight to hold because you, if you look in the college realm in the sport you if you're a part of ohio state florida state michigan nebraska texas alabama look at alabama that fiasco yeah. that happened when saban like they're going they're panicking because they're 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 worried that nine wins may not cut it next year dear god <laughs> um usc those are major brands and so coaches safety. who don't succeed and those major brands, you know what happens. Yes. But you're with Omaha, the tradition. <laughs> I, I looked at Omaha's record. 
You guys are just not a one-shot pony. You guys have dominated for 25-plus years. Yes. And I really think it's going to continue with you under the helm. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. We've been in championship two of the last three years, too, and won two of them. Yeah, so. You're um, still scoring from last year, too. I, I don't know how they're going to keep scoring that. Because <laughs> my guys are still open. They're, they're still open. <laughs> They, <laughs> the, when fans I, when still, I, the fans they are, still here. They are, yeah. I, I mean, got I my cowbell right here. Yeah, yeah. Don't do the cowbell, please. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that I, I watched the CIF championship game live when I when I, I started having a feeling that the, the two leagues were, you know, co- having conversations. I was like, I got to see what's going on in the CIF. And I kept seeing Tommy score a touchdown, and literally run to the concession stand to hand the kid a football. I'm like, dude, you're running stadiums while scoring. Like, say, Then I look at the score. I'm like, well, well, he can do anything he wants because the other team is not stopping him. He's oh, we're going to be in the best shape. We're, we're going to be in the best shape. So he can run all the way around that arena, then come back and still take 10 <laughs> So better believe that. I just want to know. I, I just want to say I watched that game last year live. It was tremendous atmosphere. I think there was about four thousand fans in the stands, cowbells and all. You guys dominated. You guys won a championship. And one thing about being a champion is unique in the NAL this year. You're kind of the defending champions because the Sharks won it last year and they're no longer in the NAL. So you got a target on your back. But of course, you got the guys out in out in Carolina. They're the second franchise. They're the runners up. So it's going to be a, an interesting season for sure. <laughs> it starts in a couple weeks, but to the fans out there, you mentioned this off air. When's training camp? When is there a, uh, like a get together for the fans that can come together? Is there any big events coming up in the next couple of weeks for the fans or for just the organization itself? That is a great question. And we do have those. We do have those. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we we report we report March first. Mm-hmm. Um, team will be out in the community. What's what's so what's a what's a get together? I mean, we're when, when when the team come out, we come out. We we make it all. We make it all fan interaction and get together when we show up. Is there any tryouts before one more? Nice. Rounds, I, nice. Yes. yes, we do have tryouts. Uh, February sixteenth. Omaha, February 16th, Omaha, and it's not too late to register. So if, if some of you players is watching this and you feel like you want to come participate with Omaha, you feel like you got what it takes to make the team, we do have spots open. Yes, we do have guys already signed, but training camp is your time to show. It's not a two-day contract. It's not anything like that. You come and you get to show whatever you got, but you have to make the team. This is your last chance to get in front of the OC, the DC, the defensive line coach, the offensive line coach, the wide receiver coach, the DB coach. This is your last. This is your last chance, man. February sixteenth, and and the trial is going to be in the arena, not at the soccer dome, not anything like that. We have something really, 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 really special. Friday, February sixteenth. Now I can't say that. We do have something very, very special February 16th here in Omaha. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. With that, ladies and gentlemen, that's Matt. That's Coach Tatum. This is Inside the Walls podcast, episode 134. 
into the beef or prime cuts. I don't, I'm going to just put prime cuts Omaha beef on here, Matt. This is like extenuation <laughs> of your show. Might as well. Well then, in true, in true prime cuts fashion, I guess, go beef. Go beef.